we are here. All right. So remember when I said that aliens are real in here? Yes. So, I mean, all these UFOs that have been flying around recently seems to be kind of backing my point a bit. I mean, I mean, I I don't have anything to disprove it. I mean, I know aliens are out there, but the fact that they may be here is kind of kind of wild. And think about it, that the alien theory it may or may not be better than what it actually is, what what the balloons are. It's like we get ready for World War Three. We all getting drafted. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I just know that if a balloon pops over by my house, I'm either gonna assume it's Pennywise or an alien. And honestly, I'd rather pick the Pennywise option. <laughs> Who is essentially an alien? We we don't we don't we don't talk about the the difference. Okay, I just know that I know how to beat. Pennywise behind. Oh, how do you do it? Explain uh, to the people. So, so main thing is like, of course, he he plays on your biggest fears, right? But it's a two way street. So mm. whatever you believe can hurt him will hurt him. <laughs> so if I believe that these hands can can just snap his neck <laughs> and kill him, it's gonna kill him. The certified pocket runners. <laughs> yes. So if I get like. Let me go go outside and for you black people, I'm sorry for the PTSD I'm about to uh, send to y'all. Let me go outside, grab a switch, and then go and and run his pockets. <laughs> or an extension cord and run his pockets. Oh, wow. This took a, a turn I wasn't expecting. But yes, if we need to learn how to beat Pennywise, we got you. That's what the <laughs> that's what the pod is for. So I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meech and Meech presents the Blurred City Podcast. All right. So we are getting into our Ant-Man Quantumania uh, movie review today. This is our first movie review of the year. Uh, last one we did was The Way of Mid. Um, as we get into it, I think the next five to seven pods are going to be pure movie review episodes, but the movies are about to be bangers coming out. So in order to do that, in order to honor King, the Fallen Shinigami and Rogue Jedi are gone for today. Instead, it is the Meech who remains and Meech the Conqueror that take take our places. So this is going to be really fire. Uh, again, we don't watch movies together, so whatever we say is going to be fresh to each other. Uh, so hit us with the legal spiegel. All right. So the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media. All sources we reference are owned by their respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and reflect no biases or corporate agendas whatsoever. Your discretion is advised and prepare to get conquered. <laughs> so now we're post week, uh, post Super Bowl week, post Valentine's week, uh, post NBA All-Star if you're into that as well. So a lot of trailers came out. Movies are getting um, really just hype right now. There's some things that we're going to talk about later in the show, uh, one that's Marvel related and then other things that kind of are hot right now. So Meech, what you got? What's hot for us? All right, so first, I'm just going to go ahead and get on the anime scene right now, because there were two announcements that were made. But before I get to those, of course, Blue Lock, insane, uh, as always, goaded, uh, One Piece. <laughs> you you already understand the deal, sir. You already understand the deal. Uh, there's the fact that the demons, that Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan are both dropping on the same day, which oh is gosh. March the 3rd. So get ready. To support our boy Aaron Yeager and get ready to support our boy Tanjiro. Um, 
as especially as Sandro is about to go through it in this next arc. And I and believe he, just I believe it is the movie version of the first part of Swordsworth Village arc, right? Yeah. So essentially, I think they're taking like the first two or three episodes and making it a movie. Okay. Uh, but yes, there's that. And then the announcements. Firstly, Viz Media on their YouTube channel just dropped a bunch of anime. Like, oh, yes. Like whole anime with like, but the only thing is like, of course, they play with ads. I mean, I'm sure you, you guys can get ad blocker and, and all that nonsense, but Death Note is there. Hunter Hunter, there. Inuyasha, there. Uh, it's like the first eight seasons of Naruto, there. Sailor Moon, all Sailor Moon, there. And there's just many more, many more anime that just dropped on their, like, starting, I think, like, this past week. They just dropped it all at once. I'm just like, hey, yo. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you guys want some free content, want to watch some anime, hey, there's your resource. And then number two, Toonami on March the the that weekend the same that weekend, weekend about to go crazy <laughs> this is about to go dumb because they just announced that they're going to be airing at the Toriko One Piece Dragon Ball Z crossover in English gonna be crazy a crossover that I love to death because it's hilarious and even and like it's just it's just prime content and I'm just like. And I never thought that would actually happen. So the fact that it is, is it's just bringing me pure joy right now. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's that's all my thoughts on the anime scene, comic scene going nuts. Um, of course, we got ourselves, you know, static. yeah, static. We got Icon versus Hardware number one that dropped. Uh, of course, we got Monica Rambeau. Uh, Donny Case just, I mean, not Donny Case. Ryan Stegman just revealed that like he's drawing the first cover of this. A Miles Morales versus Carnage uh, crossover, Ooh. which I'm like, I'm scared for Miles. I'm I'm not even gonna lie to you. Uh, and then also just a bunch of other comics that just dropped. And then another personal announcement is that I ended up uh, finding at my comic shop the Secret Wars issue number eight, which is the mm. first debut explanation of Spider-Man in his black suit. So I'm. I'm gonna get this bag and boarded, and uh, you you about to experience great. I'm about. You want you want to shout out the uh, comic shop? Oh yes, Third Planet Cosmos, which is a comic shop based out of Houston, Texas. It's it's an amazing shop. Go there for all my comic needs. Uh, but but yeah, and then of course, Vanish is coming back March 22nd. So get ready for more awesome content like that. And then of course I am Batman. So, so yeah, that's pretty much mostly on the comic scene. You want to touch up? Oh yeah. I forgot. Uh, last of us is still, uh, hidden people in the hearts <laughs> right now. Um, is, um, I have one question about comics. Um, is this, I heard there was a big Spider-Man reveal dropping soon in the comics sphere, um, with Mary Jane. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So let's talk about it. So, so okay, so the main premise of Zeb Wells' current run of Spider-Man is that Peter did something six months ago that caused him to be on the outs with everybody, Dang. and and in that time, Mary Jane got with a guy, had two kids, and she got powers. So in six months, apparently, <laughs> apparently in six months she got two kids and got powers and is with a new guy, and we just need to figure out like what the heck happened. But the, but I think that's my and like why her and Peter broke up. Mephisto. So, 
right but like i mean i keep saying that her boyfriend is probably mephisto like in human form i'm i'm that's my theory and i can very well be wrong and uh, but at this point i do not care at this point like <laughs> this is one of the few times i actually don't care about the spider-man comic because it's taking way too long for him to for them to get to the point and they making peter to look out look like a whole punk the entire time like against villains you he really should be one tapping he got he almost got murdered by vulture jesus an old man that he could just literally just sneeze and he'd be gone hey now vulture is a b-tier spider-man villain we will not disrespect vulture no 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 we will not disrespect michael keaton vulture yes we will not disrespect his vulture which i do not disrespect at all i'm talking about the comics old man so get him out but uh (laughs) but yeah that that's enough from that take over the the movie scene all right, so a lot of trailers came out. A lot of them dropped. So with that, um, let's get it. Guardians of the Galaxy, that might kick off our season three if we come back for a season three. Ooh. But Guardians of the Galaxy 3, that's going to be such an emotional movie. It's going to be a farewell to a lot of the actors and then also to uh, James Gunn himself before he takes over DC. Fast X came out um, with a new, with the like official trailer. That F9 was not for me, but with it coming to an end, I think I'm just going to try to accept it for what it is now and just enjoy it and like turn my brain off. I think that's the only way I can enjoy it at this point. At this point, I I actually have to catch up because I haven't seen eight or nine. I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. I didn't see the other two. Eight was uh, Fate of the the Furious, I believe. And then that was pretty good. Then F9 was just, just out there, but... Fast X, I'm gonna just like enjoy it. John Wick, I, we might we might be dressing up for to see John Wick. Um, John Wick Four trailer. It was it was really short, but we don't need a trip. We don't need a we don't need a trailer for John Wick. I, I'm gonna see it no matter what. Um, next one, Creed Three is another trailer that's gonna kick off our uh, March movie review season. And then also, I believe the Mandalorian season three didn't really drop a trailer, but it's coming up like. I believe next week as of this recording drops mm. and then another one uh well a movie that's coming out cocaine bear this friday <laughs> which yes. i will be seeing and then yeah. i'm there day one and then finally for the flash came out quick disclaimer we are keeping our ezra miller thoughts to ourselves until the movie gets closer and then as we refer to this uh, movie trailer we're going to be referring to barry allen who is he him so with that i think that was the biggest talk tr- about trailer uh coming out of that um super bowl weekend was the flash trailer because flashpoint is easily the flash's biggest storyline and best one in my opinion and there is so much new stuff michael keaton's back as his batman i think uh batfleck is still going to get some run as well and then it's really interesting where they took it where there's two barry allens because like in most of in the i don't recall the comics but like i know in the tv show and then also in the animated version it was he just took over his other self in that new timeline yeah so yeah it's very interesting to see two berries um and i kind of have like a couple theories on like what's about to go down is that one of them's gonna turn evil because of the fact like like in the trailer for a split second you see like barry fighting a like dark flash mm. and, and it makes me wonder like either is one of the berries turning evil or is like is is it Eobarthon? Is it is gonna be the the problematic reverse flash about to make his uh debut? But mm-hmm. well debut in the close hour, which kind of makes sense because if it's adapting flashpoint, 
Yeah, kind of gonna need a uh, reverse flash for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but like that's neither here nor there. I'm also excited to see Kara, aka Supergirl. Oh yes. I'm just like, okay, let's see how you do. And I think she might actually be more of a Zod than a than of an L because I'm like, hold up. I know that um, James Gunn, he wants a darker Supergirl. I don't know because this movie was shot before he took over. I don't know if that's going to be the Supergirl for um, his movie that's coming out. So, I doubt it. So who knows? I doubt it. But James Gunn's like, I mean, whatever happens, like, I'm going to see the movie. I'm primarily going to be rooting more so for for the for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh because like they really didn't get me invested in Barry Allen the Flash at all with any of the previous movies or specifically the Snyder Cut um uh, and Justice League but like <laughs> but like if this movie like sells me on Barry Allen I'm like okay cool uh if not then well it's getting rebooted anyways so well, we don't even know if that's going to be Barry Allen so i think exactly. with that we can just uh move forward and get into our pre-spoiler chat about Ant-Man Quantumania. So anything you think, uh, initial feelings you want to share or anything you feel like the listeners need to know before uh, we get into it? All right. So my main thing is the fact that like when when this movie was about to drop, there were like a bunch of reviews saying like, hey, this movie's mid. Hey, this movie is like a five out of ten and like get, having it on the lower side. And I did not have those feelings at all. Like, I actually enjoyed the movie, apart from just a few criticisms that we're going to get into, mostly in the recap slash spoiler portion. Uh, But, like, but when the movie, I I saw it as a fun time. Uh, I I really like our boy Kang. Uh, Jonathan Majors, he... Oh, yes. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Podcast. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. But uh, I mean, I've been a simp for the man since Lovecraft Country. I'm I'm not even going to cap. There but, we uh, go. But yeah, so like, but yeah, but the the movie was just a fun time. Uh, it it heavily leans more into the sci-fi aspect of the movies, right? Whereas the previous two were more like thief, crime capers, yeah, like crime caper, thief, heist movies, and then this one leaned so heavy into sci-fi and introduced like a whole new concept that like you pre- I'm like dang y'all went well from the trailers I knew like oh y'all going there mm-hmm. but but like it was like it's interesting to see them actually explore that so yeah yeah what was your initial thoughts I enjoyed it I did see the same thing like first uh reviews were like oh man this is garbage and then um see this is why this is why I really hate that movie reviews come out like on the Tuesday that a movie drops because it affects like if people like we're obviously going to go see it, but like people that are on the fence are going to be like, oh, that and even if it doesn't like stop you from going, it ruins like your mindset going into it if you see it. Um, Because I saw like some things were like 40, but then the other score was like 84% for like the audience score. So I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. So I didn't review and like look at anything, Um, but I enjoy the time. Definitely. We're going to talk about King a lot. There's a few things that just kind of like popped up during it that again, we can get into um, later, but I I actually really, really enjoyed it. Ant-Man movies are consistent. They may not be like the peak of the mountain movies, but they are very consistent in terms of just like quality and enjoyment. Um, so mm-hmm. quick things that we can get into. Maybe the second, well, we can only talk about King and then like the other two things we can get into kind of later. 
um, for spoiler purposes. Yeah, especially especially when it comes to a, a certain uh, mechanized organism designed only for killing, uh, <laughs> or 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 Miss uh, Miss Stature herself. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, that's but yeah, we're we're gonna save this all for the spoiler portion. So as we transition into our main uh, portion, our main. Our main talk about this uh, movie, I I do again want to advise everyone that this is a spoiler review. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen the movie yet or you're planning on seeing the movie, I would just say skip this whole portion whatsoever and uh, and get back to us. Hey, as soon as you see it, like, well, we'll still be here. And if you spoil yourself for the movie anyways, then um, congratulations you are now in the microverse. <laughs> That's true, because like we're going to put timestamps, but even the other sections are kind of going to involve about this movie. So we're about to g- hit our little uh, device mechanisms, get small and dive right into the quantum verse. All right, so here we go. Kicking it off, it's uh, a very straightforward story, which I really appreciate it. So. Um, we can, let me just like speed through the beginning. So essentially, Ant Man is living that post uh, in game world, trying to figure out what he's want to do. He's a book, a successful book author. His daughter Cassie, who's grown now, well, quote unquote, grown now, teenager, um, is arrested and then gets out. And it's essentially like her pushing him forward, saying that, "Hey, now that you're still an Avenger or whatever, what are you actually doing in life other than like writing books? Like, how are you helping people?" Um, so with that. Her, her grandpa, Hank Pym, uh, Jane wasn't a part of it. And then also Hope was, uh, they were kind of looking into the quantum realm, sending, I don't know how they describe it again, but essentially like send a, sending a beacon into the quantum realm and then hoping someone pings them back, essentially. Yeah, so, yeah. And because of that, uh, uh, Janet got got really uptight about it and 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 seemed really scared so essentially from there like you you see why she was scared because uh Mm -hmm. they ended up all four of them end up getting transported into the quantum realm or as i'm basically going to call it from this point on the microverse because (laughs) they literally end up like below the quantum realm into a universe a subatomic universe so yes. they are in the microverse at this point, which is what's officially called in comics. Yes, and of so. course, they mm-hmm. got separated. So it's Cassie and Scott, and then the then the Pims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. It was kind of like that generational feel with it because on one side with the Pims of uh, Janet, she she was obviously stuck there for thirty years, and then it's like her, um, Hank, and then Hope. Kind of just like traversing they have to uh find she's like terrified of the the microverse as you said and then on the other side it's essentially ant-man and cassie where they're trying to also find them but they end up going uh, meeting not raiders but like a resistance essentially which was actually a funny scene because when they got snatched up i thought those were king's people um but it ended up being a resistance they're, they end up drinking like this jelly that helps them understand the language in the microverse as they say um just like speeding along because it's really just like a lot of talking and exposition into that but essentially we find out that king 
actually how the movie opens up is King saving um, Janet in the micro verse uh, with that, which is really cool. And he asks where they are. So with that, they eventually get caught by King on one end because they attack because Modoc, which is a really funny scene. Like when we talk about Modoc, how did your theater react to Modoc? They they were just they were silent. Really? Yeah, my, my theater was mostly quiet. For Mine like, was majority. geeking out the entire time, like dying when Modoc was on screen. Yeah, I I like especially like when it's revealed that uh that Modoc is actually Darren Cross, aka Yellow Jacket from the first movie. Yes. I think I was the only one who had any semblance of a noise. I'm like, hey yo. That that was interesting. That was definitely a turn on Modoc. Um, and just with that, like the design of Modoc, because I know people are like, oh, why does Modoc look like Modoc is one of the most ridiculously designed characters in Marvel, period. There is no way to actually make Modoc look good. Um, and just with that, next year when Captain America New World Order comes out, when we see the leader, it's gonna be the same situation. Like you have to understand these are from comic books. Like there's only so much you can adapt with it. And that's why a lot of the early X-Men movies, they tried to make it just like sleek, normal, instead of like the vibrant the suits of the 90s. Instead of the yellow spandex. <laughs> yeah. So with that, um, Scott and Cassie run into Modoc, who is working, who we learn is working for King. And he is like really kind of unstoppable at the time when they meet him. They attack the resistance. So a lot of people get arrested. So that's kind of where their storylines ends. And then Janet, she uh, meets up essentially with another resistance group and a really cool scene. We get Bill Murray stepping out of the spaceship if you want to take it from there. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, apparently uh, Bill Murray's character, a.k.a. Kryler, he is well, he and Janet used to be together uh, from insinuations from their conversations. And he ends up betraying them like wanting to capture because he he part of the Kang dynasty, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so of course they had to escape and and Bill Murray gets killed by the very squid that he was gonna eat because Hank Pym. Well, like, we don't see it, but yes, he, we can he got killed. He died. He died. <laughs> no, no, he got killed. Uh huh. But, but yeah, they escape, and then we get to learn like why, like why Janet never talked about the quantum realm on its own, which uh, I'm going to get into later, <laughs> but essentially like it's because of that. She helped Kang out and then, and then they helped each other, you know, to rebuild his ship and like create the core needed to, so they can traverse the multiverse, tra- traverse the multiverse together. Mm-hmm. And so Janet can be with her child, be with hope again. But unfortunately, like be, Fortunately, she ends up like pe- peeking into Kang's memories and sees that he's a uh, that he has pure Black Air Force activity and mm-hmm. and resolves herself to destroy the core. Or specifically, she uses a lot of her pin particles to expand it outwards, mm-hmm. uh, and base basically just putting it into a giant prison that's near inescapable. Yes. Uh, and and of course Kang he got his powers back and he he on the war path ever since. Yeah. So with that, what I really liked about there's two things that I really liked about uh this movie, like at this stage that we can talk about. One with Janet, they really gave her a lot of room to cook. So Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle was, Pfeiffer was eating in this movie. Um, where it's just like they gave her backstory, they boosted her importance to the story rather than just like, oh, I need it to be saved in the quantum realm, like in the first two movies. Uh, And just like, oh, I was actually doing stuff in the quantum realm. So with that, uh, 
And then also the way they talk about Kang was like the way they uh, that Gamora used to talk about Thanos and where it was just like, oh, if him and like this is his goal and if he comes here and like, oh, this is a problem. Like, like the way they just like consistently talked about him through the movie. So then when he finally makes his second official appearance in the well, his official appearance in the current quote unquote timeline and he pops up to Ant-Man, he's like, yo. I need you to steal something for me. And he's just like smooth with it. Um, so he's like not, he's like kind of like um vague about why he needs it, but he wants to get out, obviously. Um, but he uses his anti-gravity device on Ant-Man. He's like, yo, I will kill your daughter in front of you, pull you out of time, and then make you watch it for eternity until you beg me to die. Like, I'm not playing with you. You're gonna get what I need for you. I mean, I'm telling you, Jonathan Majors, he got that Black Air Forces on. I mean, he he is him. He is a problem. Mm-hmm. And and the fact he holding both of them up with the dark side of the force, that, that kind of had me giddy. <laughs> Bro, uh, I was like Darth Vader and Vecna together. <laughs> Not playing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I was like, oh, no, if you start breaking it. I was like, I was like, where, where's running up the hill? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, moving, moving along. So uh, of course, Scott decides to go through with the plan, and he ends up inside the prism. Uh, this and is a cool in- scene. Yeah, and inside the prism, like every time he takes a step, he ends up splitting off into another variant of himself. Uh, and and I, I actually want to do take this little side to notice, like, hey, have you noticed that out of everybody who had a variant? Only Spider-Man is the only one who had a different look. Mm, that's a good point. That is like, a good point. Like, think about oh, it. Oh, like, wait, Loki, Loki, Loki. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right, right. Okay, okay. So they're the only two that had completely different look. Doctor Strange, completely the same. The yeah. uh Ant-Man, same. Uh spoiler, Wasp, the same. <laughs> but uh, but every, every but like Spidey and Loki, they the only ones who, who get completely different actors. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Scott, Scott, and all his variants, including the Baskin Robbins variants, uh, basically team up together and try and to try to get the, like get the prism, get the core to shrink. Okay. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, he couldn't do that alone, which is where Wasp comes in with all her variants, and they start shooting pin particles at the thing, and eventually they got to shrink. Yeah, and with this, it was a really cool scene because, like, uh, initially there was a lot of chaos because uh, they were in a probability cube, like you mentioned. And so any decision he makes branches off. And, like, they were just, like, doing their own thing. He was essentially, like, getting swallowed up in a hole. Um, And then he heard his daughter call out to him, the power of love. And all the variants were like, yo, we got to help our daughter and like, get them up, get them up, get them up, get them up, get them up. And they were all working together to like, it, it reminded me of the movie Ants uh, with Literally. a Z. And I was like, this is so cool. And then that's kind of like what you mentioned before they like managed to get it and get out. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, when they are trying to get out, uh, that that's when our, our big boy Kang decided to come in and and uh, be him. Ooh, and be, yeah, and be him. You know, he he takes the the core. He decides that, you know what? I'm just going to leave y'all out here to die. Oh, yeah. I still got your daughter captive in which. Oh, yeah. But then she ends up escaping Mm -hmm. and ends up freeing a bunch of the captives from the village with all the resistance. And they say 
And essentially, he's about to like, all right, we're about to send, we're about to escape the microverse. We're about to go into the multiverse and we're going to conquer. So we have to talk about why he wants to do that if you want to take over. Mm, why he wants to conquer. So, of course, it turns out that he sees everything. He saw the beginning of time and he saw the end of it. And he saw that he is him, that he is responsible. But, and all the other councils of him, all of his variants, decide to exile him because, like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we see that you are the problem. Mm-hmm. So we're going to exile you, cut you off, so that way we don't have to worry about you anymore. This man decides, said, nah, if y'all <laughs> yeah. don't do this to me, like, you keep calling me a monster, I'm going to prove you right. Yes. And decides to go out to the multiverse to conquer everything, remake it in his image, so that way he don't have to worry about anything anymore. Right. So And yeah, when we get into the deep dive, I'm gonna talk we're gonna talk more about that, but yeah, we can continue. But yeah, just continuing onwards, we got ourselves uh yeah, so the Pims so the Pims and uh Scott, like they're trapped, and but Hank Hank coming in clutch actually ends up communicating communicating with these super smart these omega level these omega level 12th level intellect immortally smart like (laughs) ants these ants who basically lived billions of lives and created a whole society a a whole civilization like a whole timeline to where they're smarter than humans that was insane i'm just like hey yo so these ants are them mm-hmm. so basically they helped uh them out like hey here's your ship we were already repaired it we made upgrades and we're gonna get you to kang's fortress and just run roughshod and mm-hmm. then there's cassie who's basically rallied all of the resistance to go and fight against the Yes. Fight against the uh the Kang Dynasty. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna call it the Kang Dynasty. And she's time. being chased by Modok kind of the entire time, which is a pretty cool scene. Oh yeah. And and Darren Cross deciding to be a- attempting to try to get his black air forces, but but failing the entire time. He he was wearing white sketchers in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's wearing the 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 light up sketchers. Like, nah, he, he <laughs> what, what about the Healy's? <laughs> Nah, I think light up sketches might be worse. Nah, nah, nah. At least yeah. Healy's were actually kind of lit. Healy's yeah. were lit. Light up light sketches is, is just nah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so essentially Cassie ends up beating the mess out of Darren and basically she gets big, yeah. Yeah, she embiggens. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong character. Uh <laughs> but she, she grows in stature and she ends up like basically giving one of the best like lines of all time. It's like, hey, don't be don't be a douche and but but not with that word uh yes another word that begins the same letter but uh and he's like you know what you're right and and then she of course reunites with scott and Mm -hmm. unfortunately that reunion is cut very short Mm -hmm. because kang he sees all the havoc that's going on everybody's rebelling uh his his own peoples are on the on the ground floor and just Mm -hmm. like getting decimated yeah and get better henchmen yeah he he needs he needs to build better henchmen like these but at least they're better than stormtroopers but uh he he decides you know what <sighs> if you gotta do something right do it yourself oh my god the scene <laughs> and 
who boy, this man goes on a rampage. Yep. Not just a rampage, a massacre. He yeah. That he is him. This is where I would have loved a more darker cut or like a not not necessarily R, but like when he was getting rid of people, it was like he would hit them with the blue beam and they just disappear. Um, it'd have been cool, like if they like vaporized or something like that. Dusted. Yeah, essentially. So like he was doing that. Um, he was cooking. He was like, "How many times do you think I've done this? Like I put down numerous, countless uh, Avengers rebellions and stuff like that." And then that was kind of like when the tides turned, and then that's when the ants pulled up. They just swarmed because it's like so many, and these ants are huge. So then with that uh, Modok, uh, when King is using his shield, essentially disables the shield, and that's what kind of kills him. And then uh, they rip apart his suit, which I didn't know because I'm not like too big of a King like knower that his suit is mostly like his suit and his technology is what makes him like as not evil, but as powerful as he is rather than yeah. just him having powers. So with that, um, that kind of like renders him not useless because he proceeds to uh, put the beats to uh, Ant-Man. So like they are able to like open up a portal to get home. So the first, so the first five get home, the first four get home and then Ant-Man can't get home. And uh, yeah, then he gets the beats by Dre. And him out. <laughs> I heard I heard that uh uh even uh Paul Rudd said that the scene was much bloodier, but uh Marvel had to edit around it. But he was getting his behind stomped, he was getting his arm like broken, shoulder dislocated, absolutely stomped out. Um and but every time Kang tried to jump to the portal to go to like the uh the regular world, um he would stop him. And that's where the line from the trailer is we both just have to lose came from. But then right when he had him, Hope popped up, uh, shot him, and then he hit his core, essentially. And then that kind of like sucked him into it and killed him. And then so with that, it closed, the portal closed, but then Cassie reopens it. And then Hope and Scott go home. And that basically wraps up the story, except for the fact that Scott had this looming feeling of like, what was King talking about? If we kill him, something bad's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and we we're gonna talk about it a little later about like how I think like this that ending was a little a little was not as dark as I liked it to be um but but yeah so like at the end of it like there the mid credit scenes where you see just like oh the the council of kangs together yes. basically thinking like okay so one of ours just had killed so we send an everybody out. Yeah, because it was like the three of them at first you see. Well, you see like the stadium. You don't know what's going on. You just see portals and stuff. And then you start with like the first three and they're all king variants and they all look uh, enormously different. And they're like, yo, um, the exile got killed. I know you're upset that uh, he got <laughs> that you didn't get the chance to kill him. And then they, they looked at kind of like the what was it called? Like the time thing in Loki? I oh, forgot the sacred timeline. Yeah, they were looking at the sacred timeline and how like now there's multiple threads to it. And they were like, they're starting to touch the multiverse now. 
and that's not good. So that's how you know there's a problem because it's like they're going to ruin what we designed. So then the other uh, variant was like, uh, wait a minute, how many of us did you call? And then that's when it happens that you just see it and it's like all of them. And just like the portals are opening up and you just see different King variants, like literally different King variants popping out. I remember there's one that like even knelt down. Um, that's the one that like sticks in my head and then it pans to the stadium and it's just Kangs going crazy. And I was like, oh, this is trouble. <laughs> this is trouble. <laughs> and then just the final tease, um, it teases season two of Loki at the very, very post credit scene. Yeah, and that's the only thing that got my uh, audience to go nuts was seeing Tom Hiddleston, uh, Loki, spotting Victor Timely, who's another Kang variant, and basically mm-hmm. uh, the, the old times, I think there was like the 20s or something like that. Mm-hmm. But But yeah, that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, very straightforward. Um, so with that, we can get into our different um, talking points with that. So um, yeah, King in any form is a problem. But one thing I wanted to talk about, Disney, we got to talk about these kids ending the world. All right. So like, especially the super smart kids that like do something dumb to then end the world. So Spider-Man, I love Spider-Man. No way home. Come on, Peter. <laughs> Just come on. I know it's like his quirkiness in it, but like literally Dr. Was- Strange is like, Come on. That was actually on both of them because Dr. Shane should have explained it better. And then Peter <laughs> and before actually starting to spell and then Peter should have should have thought about who, who he didn't want in. But yes. And then with Avatar, the way of water, the kids, <laughs> yes, the kids causing chaos that could potentially end the world. And then Cassie in this one, pinging the multi well, pinging the microverse in the quantum realm where now she lets king have the potential to escape and then having to fix it like i know like in super oh another one wakanda forever with uh riri where she creates the the vibranium finder and then that kicks off just the whole like thing with uh namor and all his people where it's like yo the fact that she was able to create it more people can find it we have to think of another uh, just like plot point to do this other than smart kid ends the world because I know like in a lot of Marvel comics particularly with like all of them they want to make kids like super smart um, and not just like dumb and then like even with like a Riri and then say a Cassie you know minorities being smart as well and presenting them like that is actually cool but they can't just keep ending the world with kids doing stuff that are dumb I mean yeah like I I have problems with Cassie with this movie, a lot of them, cause, uh, cause like she's like, like oh, we, yeah, I'm like yeah, okay, you should do something, but then I'm like so, so that involves you getting arrested, that involves you uh, you know, using your powers recklessly, mm-hmm. using your smarts rec- recklessly. Um, okay. I don't think that presented that in the best manner. No, they didn't. But but then again, it it ties into my other issue, which is Janet. Ooh, okay. So here's my main thing. Like, I get like, okay, you went through 30 years of straight, of straight torture. All right. And you thought you were never getting out, and you did. Uh, wouldn't you think it might have been a smart idea to tell your family me, like, hey, all right, yeah. I'm back, right? Here are all these things that I did. Here's all of the problems with the microverse. Because if and if I don't tell you and y'all try to because, you know, your husband is smart enough and he going to try to talk either. He going to try to talk about he going to try to figure it out himself. Mm-hmm. And now you, and then you realize that your 
basically your granddaughter, uh, Cassie. Like she is basically, she's just as smart, just as curious as Hank. Yeah. Do you think that keeping it a secret is gonna help anybody? That's that just noticed something, and then it's like I escaped from it safely. Okay, I'm not gonna tell anybody. With Thanos, well, people in like space and the universe knew about Thanos. Obviously, Earth wouldn't know, but Gamora and the Nebula were every time they talked about Thanos, they were shook. Like they were like saying his name whenever they got the chance to. Obviously, they couldn't know what he was doing like in the interim or like when they weren't yeah. around him. But like what you said, like when you pop up out of the quantum realm. One of the things that you could say, I know that you're like probably traumatized, would be like, hey, there's somebody in the quantum realm that if they get out of the quantum realm, will end multiple timelines, will end our world. We cannot let them out under any circumstance. Just leave it alone. But it could be like one of those things where like with kids where you say, like, don't do that, don't touch that. And then they immediately do that and touch that. So who knows? No, look, I, I'm just saying like if you. Yeah, but that's because they're kids and they don't know any better. These is well. These are basically mm-hmm. teenage. Well, there's a grown, grown adults plus a teenager who is smart. Well, let me just say this one, thing. but not mature. In the year of 2023, do all adults really know better? Hank should know better. <laughs> Hope <laughs> should know better. Because <laughs> God definitely knows better. There's the mad scientist theory where they they have to do it. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I'm like, I think Scott is probably the, he was the voice of reason for this entire movie. Like, yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm yeah. on his side the entire time. <laughs> yeah. If you had pulled out the belt, and I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> no, that was one of my points. I was like, hey, I was thinking this in the theater. I was like, hey, I'm not endorsing corporal punishment, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> that's that's how we turned out so well right mm-hmm. we ain't causing problems in the multiverse just that in different verses just in this current one but but yeah uh that's that's our main discussion about that like hey let's get yeah do a different plot point than having kids end in the world but let's let's go ahead and talk talk about our boy let's talk about Dang. him let's talk about him problem absolutely um there's like because we're gonna like talk a lot about King and like uh our other two main portions, but the way Jonathan Majors embodies King and characters is so incredible because with he who remains, when he talked about it, it was like he understood that um what I'm doing is more or less wrong, but it doesn't matter because it's better than the end result. And so like he portrayed that character who was watching over time and being protective. And then with Kang, the Conqueror, it was like that version of him where he's like that anger underneath the surface. And he played that so well, like with his eyes, he conveyed emotions like in that scene where um, Janet touches the uh, essentially his pod and is like she finds the memories. And like he has that look of like, ah, I know what you just saw. I don't want to have to kill you. Just come with me, because if you make a if you make this an issue. I'm gonna take you out and I'm gonna leave anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he he basically like portrays the manipulativeness of mm-hmm. Kang, where he gives like a bunch of half truths. Like mm-hmm. he is expertly capable of doing that. And Jonathan May is just amazing actor overall. And I'm just like, yes, mm-hmm. let's go, sir. 
Yes. And kind of with that, another talking point, because we are going to talk about more King. With them going into the um, microverse quantum realm and it being so, um, I got like a Star Wars feel from it. I was like, yo, if Star Wars actually did this sometimes instead of just like Tatooine, <laughs> then it'll like feel more like um, going into space. But the multiverse saga is going to take us to a lot of different places, like like going here. And then in the next movie, it's going to be the um, Guardians of the Galaxy in space. And then with the Marvels, obviously, that's going to go to space, too. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, we're going to go to a lot of new places, see a lot of new things, and it's going to try to break our brains with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, where's Luis at? <laughs> that, yeah, that too. I was like, this movie, I missed him. I missed yeah, Luis. I, I missed him. I missed him. But yeah, let's let's go to the awards. All right. And now we are getting to our Ant-Man Quantum Realm Movie Awards. All right. This has been a long time since we've done this, but for our first award, it is the Stealing Money Award, and it can go to none other than Bill Murray, who, who had his one scene. It was actually longer than I thought it would be initially, but the spirit of the award, just character, actor who comes in um, and just like they, they steal money because they're in it. There's such a big name to be in it for such a short time. Um, so definitely he he actually played a pretty interesting role and had complete Bill Murray energy. So I'm waiting for Tom Hanks to get to the MCU. It's only a matter of time. It is. It is. <laughs> so uh, Bill Murray, come to the stage for stealing money. All right. So my first award is the biggest idiot award. The, the award goes to somebody who just made terrible decisions and and you see the consequences of it uh it, it pains me to say this but janet van dyne come come on down okay. like the the fact that you did not notify your family about this problem that exists in the quantum realm and you didn't say this for what like maybe a few years like either a year two years tops Heck, maybe even three. We don't even know like how far down the timeline this was from in game. But but like either way, you, you didn't say nothing for the longest time. And because you didn't say anything, it basically galvanized Hank and Cassie to essentially do the things that they did. Because if it wasn't for you saying nothing, because you didn't say anything, it led to the events of the entire movie. And and you got to see entire problems. So, Janet, I'm sorry to say this. You, you have to come get this award. All right. For our next award, we have the a new one. The George Lopez Mr. Electric Award from Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Uh, this can go to none other than MODOK with the big face enemy. <laughs> MODOK. It was actually funny. I was tempted to say the spotlight is yours, but I could not. Um, but Modoc just with his design and um, he was actually really funny. Like my theater was cracking up every time the mask pulled back and showed his face. And then they actually gave him more personality, I would say, than in the first movie for Ant-Man. So I'm just giving you that award because of the design. So come on, Modoc, let's get this award. All right. So for my next award, it's oh, we jumping now award. This award goes to to a team who decides their very best to jump a person 
regardless of whether or not it succeeded, that's that's the key difference. So in this case, it has to go to Scott, Hope, and Cassie trying their hardest to jump Kang. And it's 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 sad to say this, but uh Kang decided to pull that Uno reverse. He said, like, oh, y'all gonna jump me? Nah, I'm jumping you. And and yeah, it was it was kind of wild. It was kind of wild in the streets, but but yeah, you three c- come get this award. Yeah, that Aaron Yeager Uno reverse card is unstoppable. <laughs> so with that next, guy. yeah, we have the Op of Eternity. So this can go to none other than Kang. But actually, I'm gonna give it to all the Kangs because they exist outside of time and space, and the fact that they are eternal. They are forever. And we in, in 2025 and 2026, we will bow down to the Kang dynasty. So Kangs, come get this award. And the Kang of this movie, you, you might as well just stay up on here because we have to give you with no choice but to give you these Black Tims award. Uh, yes, it was initially the Black Air Force Award, but you've proven to be beyond that. You you deserve the Black Tims, especially for when you stomped out uh, Ant-Man. Uh, and then just you being as manipulative as you can for you using the dark side of the force and and deciding to channel your inner Vecna for you just committing crimes against all of timelines, uh, pure heresy, pure just him energy. You you deserve these. Just 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 take them. I mean, I'm sure you got like a million other ones from different timelines, but here oh, yeah. you, you, you get them anyways. <laughs> He's from New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still to this day, I, I'll still just. <clears throat> All right. So now that we're here, let's get to the tiers of the movie. And Meech, would you be able to read them all for us? Uh, yes. So the tiers of this list goes basically based on ants. So for the F tier, we have a little black ant. For our D tier, we have the pharaoh ant. For our C tier, we got a carpenter ant. B tier is the bullet ant. A tier is a fire ant. But S tier is the bulldog ant. Which will kill you in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. N- never in my life. But uh, <laughs> but yes, so what, what are you giving this movie? All right, so there are definitely fire moments in it. Um, But I would say, I look, we're about to do like five or six movie reviews. I have to be strict. Uh, This is B tier, so I'm going to have to give it a bullet ant just because, like what you mentioned with the darker ending, I think that somebody either should have died or got stuck in the quantum realm. Why I think they didn't get stuck in the quantum realm is because in every Ant-Man movie, essentially someone gets stuck in the quantum realm. I think that's why they didn't do that, because like in the first one, essentially uh, Janet was stuck the entire time. In the second one, that's when Scott got stuck. So for in the third one, for him to get stuck again is kind of like, eh, we're repeating the same thread. But I do think it could have been darker uh, just because of the ending. Um, And then just with that, uh, again, it was a very straight storyline. So again, Ant-Man has a lot of consistency with that, and it's a very enjoyable movie. So I'll give it a B tier. Oh man, I I hate that we think just alike because that <laughs> that is the exact same score and the exact same reasoning is the essential like hey it's a good it's a good bullet ant it's a good B tier movie because of the fact like hey it's very consistent it's a consistent story throughout the entire trilogy uh 
but like my main problems again besides uh cassie being uh cassie and the fact that Janie did janet didn't say nothing the entire mm-hmm. movie is just the fact that like hey in that ending i was expecting for i was fully expecting for scott to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. like either he gets stuck or he dies like closing the hole right. to stop kang or but and then it semi faked out. I was like, okay, okay, hope coming in now. Like, oh snap! So it's gonna be both of them that get stuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I'm with it. And then Cassie opens it anyway. I'm like, dang it, <laughs> dang it. Yeah, hate yeah. y'all. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the one reason they didn't make King as dangerous is because of what what we talked about way before the movie came out. What I predicted, where it's like. The king in this movie is not the king in King Dynasty King. So that's why they were able to defeat him the way they did. But he's going to be more of a problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. So with that awards, tiers, and that recap done, now we can get into our sponsor of the day. All right. So for our sponsor of today, we have ourselves the Lang Academy of Thievery. Please come join this academy so you can learn the art of writing you can learn the art of of making ice cream and then the best art of all the art of thievery the art of stealing whatever you want and preferably not get caught unfortunately we are still looking for experts in that department but in this department we have ourselves the best teachers around we have scott lang we have Luis. We have Cassie. All of them amazing thieves in their own right. So it's only fair that we have them join us for the Scott Lang Academy of Thievery. Come join us. And please do not call us when you get arrested. All right. Thanks. Yes, because bail money is, is, is hard out here. So with that, it's been a long time since we've done a deep dive. But with that, we like to uh, just kind of take out a portion of the time of the podcast to really just like get into a certain theme or topic that was touched on and central to the story. So one thing that was definitely central that they kind of pushed is time and the ones that matter most. So a real good fake out was like in the trailer, it makes it seem like it was uh, they were talking about Scott and Cassie, but they're really talking about uh, Janet and Hope, which was really cool. So with that, um, we're going to talk about our deep dive about time and the ones that matter the most. So kicking off, I just want to start with a question. Do you think we value time the way we say we do? I mean, I'm, I can't speak to everybody else, but I can say it myself. Yes, because of the fact like, hey, like, here's my thoughts on time. See, time is is always going to be moving. It's always ever present. Like, and the thing is, like, with time is like once it's gone, it's gone. Like, you can't get it back. You can't go back in time yet to fix your past errors. So you got to like learn from it, move on, not live in the past, but keep moving forward. Like think about the future and everything and also living in the present. So like I value it because like I want to like make the best use of my time as possible uh, until like the day I that somebody ends up clapping me because um, mm-hmm. I know like as the rogue Jedi, 
uh, I mean, no, sorry, sorry. Rogue Jedi, he he on break today. Sorry. As the conqueror, my time's gonna come. Um, yes. Like somebody's gonna rise up against me. Uh, but yeah, so time <laughs> is very valuable to me. I would say it is for me because like one thing that um, people get on me about is that I'm very strict with like coming to things on time. Thank and you. Early. <laughs> and with that, it's because it's, hear me out because people think it's like oh i'm just being strict i'm being strict or whatever it's essentially like you value what you put your time in so like you wouldn't come to a um a job interview late if you have a job interview at 10 you're gonna be in the building at 9 45 you're gonna be in the parking lot at 9 30 most likely um so like if like scheduling something with someone you come late or it's like consistent lateness that's kind of like what i feel is disrespectful essentially especially if it's a continuous pattern i just think that i do value but at the same time why i would say no is because i don't think i always use the best utilization time um just with okay working pod and then something that is really important to me is my writing but there's so many times where it's like i'm so burnt out and i need that recharge and like okay then it's like okay i'll just like chill watch tv uh stream something play video games where it's like oh man i could I could go, I could be writing right now. <laughs> and it's just like that, that push and pull with time where it's like, man, making the most out of it, but at the same time, just like needing that, those moments for me. So kind of like leading into my next question is what about time drives us to fear, irrationality, et cetera? I think it's because of the fact, like, as, as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, like time is ever present, ever moving and it's inevitable uh it's just like the same thing as like as death like like time is gonna keep moving like whether you are here or not and and people like fear like wasting their time with things people fear wasting their lives with things and people fear that like fear having regrets about like different aspects of life so like if you wasted your time doing this thing and like and then like something bad ends up happening because of it like you're, you're gonna be thinking like man if i had like just spent a little bit more time on this or that um and and yeah it's just like and also like again we have limited time here like mm-hmm. like we we all gonna die at some point until somebody finds the fountain of youth and immortality uh <laughs> wait like, we can't use the the juice from uh the whales <laughs> in the way of mid <laughs> moving on uh <laughs> but yes yeah, so like you could like either way people are gonna die and like we're just fearful of like what happens when we run out of time yeah it's like you mentioned with that um like time is finite and we don't know how and the thing is not only is it finite we don't know how much of it we have exactly. that's that's the thing that kind of makes us paranoid where it's like okay how do i structure my day where it's like um what to prioritize because like sometimes you can be in a situation where it's like okay you're you have a significant other and it's like okay maybe you want to work and then maybe you want to put off uh having kids or whatever and then so that goes awry or whatever and then like okay, you want to get this job that you love so much. And then, okay, once you have it, you then want to go back to that person. But then it's like, okay, maybe you get sick. Maybe a financial situation pops up. Um, 
and things like that. Or maybe you have a passion that you want to go after. And like after so much time being responsible and stuff like that, you want to go after it. And then you get isekai because I literally almost got isekai yesterday by an idiot driver, but I survived. So um, with that, it's just like you don't know how much like it could be up. Like it could be like you just doing something mundane and then that's it. So I think that's what drives us to so much just like fear and irrationality with it because it's it's hard to accept it because we don't know and as humans we like to know so yeah for sure for sure it's 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 terrifying so you got to make make the best use of what we got Mm -hmm. so with that i think another thing that was presented in this movie which is really interesting so initially when i thought of it it was the trolley morality question where it's essentially you can clean it up if i don't explain it right but essentially if a train or a trolley is on tracks and one track is a significant person other or person that you love and it's just one and then on the other side it's just like 10 or so random strangers like where do you switch the train trolley to um with that janet was presented with that option and also scott but as i thought about it like last night king also had that morality question if you really think about it because he is like i am destroying these multiple timelines because my variants are acting wild so like First with uh, Janet and Scott, did they make the right choice given the mid credit scene? Mm, mm, that is a yeah. And that is a big question, because considering like what's what's going to go down, uh, it appears on the outset that's going to be no, because you're about to see like just rough shot. You're about to see like not just one timeline basically getting clapped. You're about to see hundreds, mm-hmm. if not thousands of multiple timelines so like trillions upon trillions upon trillions of people uh maybe even like octodecillion people getting getting clapped uh so like all just for killing this one king and trying to save their one timeline mm-hmm. so in the outset it appears no but knowing marvel it's eventually going to end up as a guess yeah, because we know like it's going to yeah. be happy. <laughs> yeah. I think just with that um, sticking with Scott and uh, Janet, it's kind of like a situation where if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did it did it make a sound? Uh, so it's kind of like if multiple timelines get destroyed, but you aren't aware of it, does it matter? And I think that's like the fact that she saw it and experienced it firsthand is how she was able to like be like, oh, I can't let you out. Um, and then with Scott, the way King came in was so menacing. And the fact that he was like, yo, I, which Avenger are you? Like, I've killed so many. Um, so with that, I would say yes. But the real question is, was King right? And was the he who remains right? Uh, again, this is this is a hard, <laughs> this is a hard sell right now because I'm just like, hmm. Again, like saving one timeline versus saving the entire multiverse. Like, I would say that he who remains, even though his methods were wrong, he ended up like having the right thought process. Just maybe try to change up the method, and maybe Kang might be on the same same wavelength. Uh, like your methods is kind of wild and trash, but you had the right thought process. See, this is funny that you say that because this is what I say about Aaron Yeager. <laughs> And you're like, no, just hit the rumbling. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this, that one's different, all right? Because, because 
look, the entire world was trash. The entire world was trash to him. I don't blame him for murking, committing genocide on a on a worldly scale because I might have done the same thing allegedly. Uh, but but st- but elite. But Kang again, like he's trying to save like whole worlds, and but like his whole plan of just like indiscriminate murder when he, there's like nothing that was wrong. Whereas mm-hmm. Aaron Yeager, we know that the population was guilty. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, I would actually say, I would, I want to say yes because hear me out. Why Kang and He Who Remains are right. How messed up do your other selves have to be for you to be like, I have to destroy timelines to make it one because what they're doing would be so much worse. Think about it. He who remains was like, if there's a variant that goes back in time or does something that they're not supposed to, you have to be erased from the sacred timeline. And I created an entire organization bent on protecting the sacred timeline because my other selves are wilding. And then for Kang to be like, I I essentially have to do the same thing and kill these worlds because like I'm the crazy one. That's the thing. Like they exiled him because he thought they were wilding too much. So like, and like the fact that he was like, I've seen it all. I see how it ends. And it's because my other selves are playing with time like children. I think they might have a point, but again, a few methodology, but that, oh man, we're going to get into the next section about just like where we're going next. But yeah, I I think they might have a point to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, that just, that's just a testament to how, to how just down horrendous, how, how diabolical those other variants are. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the one that had like the, kind of like the cybernetic tech in him had me scared. And then also one of the, the Egyptian one, no, it was the Egyptian one that it had was me the Egyptian it. one that was like, Oh no. Cause he looked like the leader that looked like the top three. So uh, with that, we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to get into the bigger Marvel discussion moving forward. And for today's sponsor, we have ourselves to become drafted by the Kang dynasty. Do you want to save this whole timeline from a multiversal threat. Do you want to be saved and ruled by the one true Kang? Please enlist today and we will ensure that your timeline will be spared and that your family will be safe. Please enlist today and do not defy the one true Kang. We're back for all time, always. So with that, every time we have a Marvel movie, we like to look at the bigger picture of Marvel moving forward. But with that, we're going to get into one of our favorite segments, the random fan theory of the week. So with that, I am partially off of my parole, um, but I'm still yeah. still strict. It's still strict, though. So I'm, I had to be careful with that. And my random fan theory is about the fans. So here's the thing. I think that phase four got a lot of flack, but it's not because of the quality of the movies. It's because of the TV series. So hear me out. So phase four had some absolute bangers. Well, let me just say all the movies at first. So Black Widow is better than Captain Marvel. If you flip which one gets like if Black Widow goes into phase uh, three, 
no one would say anything about Black Widow the way they do. And then there's also the uh, COVID controversy and then how they released it controversy. So Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings was fire. That bus scene is one of the best scenes in Mar- action scenes in Marvel, period. Eternals, I have not seen. I heard it's not as bad as people say it is. I just heard it's not great. <laughs> so mid, exactly. Um, Phase three had some absolute bangers. Like obviously, like introduced two Spider-Mans, obviously Endgame, uh, Infinity War, Black Panther, so much like Captain America Civil War. Like you can't touch phase three, obviously. Um, staying with phase uh, four. Spider-Man No Way Home is one of the best superhero movies of all time. One of the best superhero movies of all time, period. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is not is as good as the other Doctor Strange movie, which is in phase three. So it's just like the same thing. Um, Thor Love and Thunder, I gave my opinion on Ragnarok. I thought Ragnarok was too much joking. Um, and with that, it's because he lost his world. He lost his dad. His sister came back, was evil that he didn't even know. Um, lost his they Yes, lost his hammer. They essentially ruined one of the best Hulk storylines and the most popular one, in my opinion, but I'm not going to go into the Hulk rant yet. And then also with that Wakanda Forever, very emo- emotional and passionate movie. Um, So with that, but if you get into the TV series, WandaVision started off hot. Um, and then once they kind of started playing with us with the Quicksilver. With the Quicksilver, that's when it dropped off. And then another thing about expectations, we mentioned in our very first recording of um, Multiverse of Madness in our Patreon episode, Mephisto is about to ruin Marvel. They need to either, they need to say Mephisto is not going to be in it or they're going to, they need to like address that immediately because Mephisto is going to ruin Marvel because uh, there is like speculation in every movie about Mephisto in Phase 4. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, very emotional, very good. There is a villain problem that I that when people talk about it, I can agree with. Um, with that, Loki, excellent. There is no issue with Loki. Uh, next one, what if? Up and down because it's like a periodic episode. Not periodic, but it's episodic. like... It t- yes, episodic. So like it tells a different story every time. It did tie in. That would have benefited from a Netflix-style release where they just drop every episode at once. With that, Hawkeye was actually really well-received. Um, and then the... Kate Bishop broke breakout role. So Hawkeye, pretty good. Moon Knight was good, had a villain problem. Why I say that? Look at Ethan Hawke's performance as the villain in um, Moon Knight, and then look at his performance in The Black Phone. It looks like two different actors with two different like inspired performances uh, with that. So Moon Knight was good. Miss Marvel started off very hot, and then they introduced the villains, and then Kind of like there ended up being like a light fight at the end. I don't like how they did her powers, but that didn't ruin the show for me. The way people were making out, obviously. See, I'm going to say controversy, but people obviously have racism and sexism with that. So that kind of kicked in. That had nothing to do with the quality of shit. Yes. Uh, Speaking of racism and sexism. Um, Next one, She-Hulk. She-Hulk like that. Like what if should have been dropped all nine episodes or however many episodes at once, in my opinion. Um, they made the the Hulk joke again, but with that, why I say like the TV series kind of ruined it is because it made Marvel feel like work. Um, when you're like releasing a movie every four to like five months or whatever, you can like digest it. But with the TV series, it felt like work for the first time. And even Marvel's addressing that because like news came out that only Secret Invasion TV show and Loki season two are confirmed so far for this year. So. That's my theory. 
Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good theory. Uh, yeah, I do think like, hey, the fans are kind of, yeah, they they make or break a certain phase. So if reception's good with them, then hey, that phase was good. And if not, then it'll cause like repercussions for the rest of the phase and then the phase after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, we can go to where Marvel goes next. So next movie is coming out, Guardians of the Galaxy, May 5th. The Marvels apparently got pushed back four months to November 10th. Um, yep. I forgot that it was supposed to come out in July, but that got pushed back because there was supposed to be a trailer during the Super Bowl for it. So I don't know what's going on with that. But I heard that um, Kamala is an absolute star in that movie. Loki season two and then Secret Invasion. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think like my main thing for at least this phase is, of course, as a more setup for the Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like Guardians three, that one's more of a send off movie to yeah to to the entire Guardians team. Uh, the Marvels is probably gonna like boost yeah it's gonna boost up Kamala and uh Kamala and movie to be good and Monica, especially my girl Monica. I swear if they did if they do her if dirty, they treat her like they did Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> if they do Monica dirty, if they do my girl dirty, I will come after them. They need that movie to be good because I feel like the perception of all of them are like very wavy for some reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so yeah, that's mostly gonna be a, in my opinion, probably a more independent one. Though, like the idea, like the, all three of them are like basically teleporting amongst themselves. It's mm-hmm. probably gonna lead to to multiverse shenanigans, which is actually what the current Monica Rambo comic is doing. It's it's not like hey, Monica is literally teleporting to different multi different universes on a dime i'm like hold up are they about to go that route but and then of course season two of loki's gonna it's obviously kang related mm-hmm. that is obvious and then uh, secret, yeah yeah but then secret invasion whoo oh boy all right hey. we're we, we gonna get into that storyline yeah um with uh loki season two kind of like i would hope that in every episode there's a new king that's kind of what i want to see Mm. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing a, like multiple Kang. Well, of course, we know there's one in the 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I'm thinking like, hey, you guys have one in different like each different era or like one in or, like a different timeline, like where they're dealing with Kang shenanigans and be like, oh, snap, we got to go. Yes. We got to go uh, pluck him from the sacred timeline. Mm-hmm. I hope there's a good Kang. Um at least like in once that helps them in king dynasty oh so you think an iron lad mm, that's that's what that is yeah so iron lad is literally a good kang variant who gets inspired by iron man and creates his own suit is he like a young version of kang or yes okay oh i don't know because like in the the made credit scenes like he played all of them so i'm interested but we see like obviously you can play around with like multiverse because like Loki season two did that where there was different versions of Loki. But like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like a lot of the actors like play the same versions of themselves. Exactly. So it it, it wouldn't be surprising me if we see like one of ooh, them who ooh. a young king. Now that you mention it, Iron Lad, there is Armor Wars and then there's Iron Heart coming out at some point in the future. Mm, yeah. Cause I was because I was initially gonna say it wouldn't um they probably won't want another iron person since Riri is about to iron heart is about to um take that role. But if there's an armor wars, that makes so much sense. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I definitely could. Dang, you I didn't you even think about that. Hold up, we cooking, we cooking right now. Marvel, where's our money? <laughs> run me my, run me my bag. Uh, but yeah, so like, how how much can you think you're gonna we're gonna get in each of these movies? Well, the fact shows. I, is King Dynasty 2025 or 2026. I know there was like a pushback. It's, I think it was 2025. And then because I know Secret Wars, Secret Wars for sure got pushed back 2026. But essentially, like with Thanos, they had 10 years to build to him with King. He has two years. I don't know if he'll be in Secret Wars or not. But with that, I think we're about to see Jonathan Majors carry Marvel. This is about to be crazy. A black man is about to carry the face of Marvel, like the next phase. That's about to be insane. But he's an absolute star. And I think he can do it. And what I was so happy about the fact that um that Kang wasn't the one that's gonna be in Kang Dynasty is the fact that we get to see him as different Kangs. So mm-hmm. we get to see him act. And yeah. that's gonna be incredible. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John DeMajors, he 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 is him. Uh, again, I I love the man. I I will simp for him. Um, if if I met him in real life, uh, it, mm, you don't know what'll happen. Uh, <laughs> I, I I mean, to just like grab his number and be like, hey hey bro, let's uh hey let's hang out. You know, hey let give me in on your workout regimen. <laughs> oh, you saw the dosa mango pick? Yes, <laughs> yes I did. <laughs> he is him. All right, we gotta we gotta stop something. We gotta keep going. Okay, let's keep on moving. Uh, Young Avengers, let's go. All right, so they are like it's kind of like tell me you're doing a Young Avengers movie TV show without telling me you're doing a Young Avengers TV show. <laughs> they have so many younger um like versions of superheroes, which makes sense because I think they're gonna try to carry it over for the next I don't know five ten years before there's a hard reset. So that's going to be interesting uh, how they decide to handle the Young Avengers. I just don't know who the face of it would be. Probably yeah. Kamala. That makes sense because um, she's literally one of the most popular characters. Uh, will we see a live action Miles Morales? Well, I mean, it's possible, though. Uh, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Peter. Well, oh, there is a Spider-Man 4 coming out. Yep. Uh- Not a new trilogy. Yep, and I'm like, uh, Peter, um, you, your days might be numbered, my guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like if you, if you look at who got introduced, we got Riri, you got Kamala, you got uh, Hawkeye. Pa- yeah, you got Hawkeye. You actually got Patriot from mm-hmm. uh from the Falcon, yeah. like being the grandson of of Bradley. You got Stature, and then of course you got like Wiccan and and Speed. You know the two Maximoff twins, which. In the multiverse, yeah, yeah, in the multiverse, and then, up, uh, and then there was a team variant of Loki. So, I mean, you you can pluck. Oh, him. we also have love. Oh yeah, yeah. Almost forgot about love. Uh, Vision. You you got America Chavez. Mmm. I was like, we we, and then as, as I mentioned earlier, Iron Lad. Yes. So hey, we 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 in there, and and then again, if we mentioned Peter Parker. Or Miles Morales, which uh, R.I.P. Peter, if Miles gets introduced. Um, but <laughs> I, either way, it's like you got the Young Avengers lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, we have to do it in this section before I forget. The fact that you mentioned the Council of Kings, and there's going to be a Fantastic Four movie, and we're in the multiverse. Will we see a Council of Reeds? <sighs> Please, I need it. I need it. Um, I need the Council of Reeds. Uh, I need I need to see Maker. 
uh, I, I need to see him. <laughs> I, I I need him because I know if we get the maker, we get the uh, we get null, we get the we get the we get the, the attack of the symbiotes because we know Venom three coming out soon. So it all leads back to Venom. It, it all converges back to Venom, baby. Uh, it all converges back to null. All right. Anything you else you want to uh, see next with Marvel? Uh, uh, besides, uh, besides the greatest Spider-Man story of all time, which was, uh, the death of Peter Parker or the death of ultimate Peter Parker and the introduction of Miles. Um, besides that, uh, Dark Avengers, because we know uh, Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts is coming, yeah. coming out like that could easily go to Dark Avengers, please. And the spider, the symbiote, I think is still in that universe you show right it is that that's that's gonna be the new trilogy we go, oh wait because <laughs> if we introduce miles morales when peter going crazy with the symbiote and then we have venom right but then venom's the one that kills peter mm. and we get miles and then and then boom we good we straight kill two birds with one stone <laughs> perfect 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 so with that we are wrapping up and since we missed out last week we are going to get into our black creator of the week and we're doing two of them so Misha, you want to kick us off uh yeah so my black creator of the week is your boy roshi uh your boy roshi consists of three people roshi lupa and shira all three of them they they're just hilarious they have probably the best uh like the best like banter between the three of them they mostly do like reaction uh channels channel reviews of like different videos or specifically like episodes of anime Mm -hmm. or episodes of tv shows like my favorite of which was uh was actually the second episode of uh of the last of us oh (laughs) where where uh where where Roshi he 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 almost canceled himself. So <laughs> yes, he almost canceled himself. I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You guys figure out how that happened. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they have a ton of other stuff. Again, their their review, well, their uh reaction on the on Blue Lock is just is just crazy because because Roshi and I we on the same wavelength. We realized <laughs> that that every person on that show is a main character. And he realized it too. So, so yeah, it's just phenomenal content from both of them. I would say my, one of my my favorite videos from them is the reaction to the uh, the never give up fight from um, Demon Slayer because Lupa was pouring oh. sweating. <laughs> He's like, bro, why are you sweating so much? <laughs> the man was dripping because it definitely matched the hype of how I was feeling when I was watching that episode. Uh, so yeah, that's an S. That's a great one. Uh, so for mine, I was gonna go with the Mighty Keith because uh, he is one of my favorite uh, just content creators on YouTube. And like his last video regarding Harry Potter was wild. <laughs> so just go check that out on your own. Um, and I mentioned him in our very first episode, so definitely uh, shout out Mighty Keith. But one, I wanted to throw it back since it is history and creator of the week, Milestone Comics. So a lot of just like. Um, black content creators, uh, I think initially founded by like four black men, if I'm correct. Yeah, four black men, primarily Dwayne McDuffie, RIP to Don. Yeah, so with that, just like these are the creators of Static Shock before he was either bought or sold to DC, which is the same word. I don't know why I said that. When it was given to DC. 
Yeah, so essentially, like, uh, the way Milestone Media worked is that they were a company, but they used DC for distribution. Mm, so okay. technically, they were already in DC, but it was, like, their own separate thing that didn't cross over until it eventually did. Uh, mm. But, yeah, it's like, they, they're phenomenal, and they're they're just great. Uh, I, I love their comics. Yes, and they gave us, like, one of the greatest uh, superheroes for us in our generation. Uh, just, like, WB Kids, Static Shock, going crazy. James Gunn, make a Static Shock movie. <laughs> it's time. Have a black man direct it. <laughs> so that's that's what we're saying, because that would be... Let me tell you, that's going to be, like, Black Panther levels of hype, even if it's a TV show. So, going from there, we're going to get into our recommendations and plugs. So, what do you have? All right, some primary recommendations. Just watch Ant-Man and Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp. Of course, all that's on Disney+. Plus. And then, if you want to see, like, more Ant-Man, sh- Ant-Man and Kang shenanigans, watch Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which mm. is a Toon series that also on Disney+. Plus. It's probably the best, like, Avengers show because it's just, like, it was just great. It was funny, but then it got dark, dark. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Kang is was still a problem in the show. So, hey, you, you get more Kang content. Yeah. Um, and just for the full Ant-Man MCU kind of art, Captain America Civil War, and then Avengers Endgame because he wasn't in, in Infinity War for obvious reasons. And then there's this one Avengers animated movie um, I forgot what it was called, but it was like when we were much younger and it was when the Hulk ran uh, his pockets. <laughs> there was like an invasion and then they needed the Hulk and the Hulk beat the crap out of him. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh. It was like an anime style car- animation too, which was really cool. Oh, dang, dang. I gotta look that up. Oh, Ultimate Avengers. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Ultimate Avengers the movie. Cool. Yeah, so you can check out Ultimate Avengers with that um so yeah we can just dive into our plugs yep so our main plugs is of course we have ourselves our instagram and our twitter which is blurred city 22 come give us a follow and make sure you hit all bells for notifications especially on our youtube which is blurred city pod if you want to give us some extra bones then uh check out our patreon also under blurred city pod that's where we release exclusive episodes like the one we just did uh, recently with this deconstruction of the Fantastic Four. And then we have our Discord, which is also linked in our Instagram page. Then after that, we have ourselves our e- email address where we can submit geek out freakouts or uh, random fan theories or questions for Q&A sessions. And that is BlurredCity, B-L-E-R-D-C-I-T-Y, 22 at gmail.com. We'd like to see you guys uh, in, coming soon. And, of course, my personal page, I am the the Rogue Jedi 21 on TikTok, where I post a pretty pretty wild content. So, uh, hey, uh, unfortunately, I have not gotten canceled yet. So <laughs> we're going to keep that gravy train going. All right. From, for me, my personal author pages, you can catch my Instagram, Mitri underscore dash. So M-E-T-R-I underscore D-A-S-H. And my Twitter, at the Mad Dash 16. Um, if you want to check out my book, Phantom Pain's Most Regular Tale, you can see that on Amazon. And just moving forward, looking forward to next week, we're going to get into March Madness. Um, hopefully, we can have one of one of my closest friends on the podcast. We're going to do a sports mo- best sports movie tournament of all time. We're going full 64 movies and just going from there. Whatever is number one, you will not agree with. We we were right. born we were born in the mid nineties, so some things ain't gonna get on the list. 
or move forward. So with that, that's something to look forward to. So let's leave us with some words with the people with some words of encouragement. All right. So for my words of encouragement is that your time is valuable. Do not uh, treat your own time as something that you can just waste or whittle away because that's just how you come to have regrets in life. Just take charge of every moment because you may never know when the next moment will be your last. And I will just steal advice from Cassie. Cassie, it's never too late to not be a douche. (laughs) So as we'll say, it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. And that's the Blurred City Podcast. See you later.